The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on The Blunt Post with Vic. Later on the show, you will hear my interview with attorney Arsina Arakel, was also a founding board member of one of my favorite nonprofits, the Center for Truth and Justice. Here in the studio with my producer, Ricky Herrera. Good Monday morning, Ricky. Good morning, Vic, man. How's everything going? Life's good. Another week, another uh, weekend behind us of lots of, uh, lots of news and uh, current events to talk about, starting with our friend George Santos. Uh, and I think you're more verse about this than I am. Yeah, so George Santos permeated the uh, news cycle a few months ago. It's kind of let up. Everything about him in the news cycle was just negative. But this last Wednesday, George Santos uh, has made an appearance. BBC, they came out with some reporting that I thought was very interesting in terms of uh, just George Santos uh, <laughs> as a person, and it just makes total sense. They came out with a, some internal campaign research um, that raised several red flags before he ever ran uh, for Congress. This research, it's called a vulnerability report. And campaigns conduct these vulnerability reports to kind of see what they're getting into in terms of the the campaign itself, like what the opponents will find on their candidate. So anyways, long before all the news reports uh, have exposed <laughs> Santos and his serial lies and misgivings and just being a bad person, the vulnerability report just confirmed all of this and somehow he still still won and somehow the Democrats uh, he was running against their campaigns weren't able to find this stuff and raise a voice to these issues during the campaign or maybe they did but they just wanted him to go along so he could lose well all the misgivings about Santos kind of came out after he was elected oh I see what you mean. majority of them right and that they definitely uh, the uh, BBC released a some findings in this report, this vulnerability report. And what was on the vulnerability report was he claimed to have graduated with an MBA from New York University and a bachelor's degree from Broch College. But there was no record of Santos earning any degree from either university. Second, uh, Mr. Santos made a career out of working for companies that have been accused of fraud and scamming customers, including one accused of operating a Ponzi scheme. Multiple civil judgments filed against Mr. Santos for owing thousands of dollars to creditors. Mr. Santos uh, and his family faced at least three housing eviction lawsuits from 2014 to 2017. Several of Mr. Santos's financial disclosures showed no evidence of personal investments or assets, despite Mr. Santos's public claims about his success in finance and wealth management. Uh, let's see, the vulnerability report also found that his driver's license was suspended in Florida, where he 
had at least five unpaid traffic violations. And uh, this one, I, I loved this one. Uh, despite running for office in New York, he had just registered a new company in Florida and had not registered to vote in New York until after his campaign began. Wow. I, when you were talking, I kept thinking his his uh, Donald Trump's mini me. Yeah, definitely. And as everyone knows, he has uh, some pending uh, criminal litigation going on right now. Because uh, exactly. earlier earlier this year, just a friendly reminder, everyone, he was charged with seven counts of wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, and two counts of making false statement to Congress, and one count of stealing public funds. Can Which, you imagine if uh, if they did a vulnerability report on Trump right now as he's running for 2024? That thing is going to be like 10,000 pages long. Wow. These politicians yeah. uh, just just leave me speechless as to, you know, just the recklessness of their career. And yet they're so bold and so smug that they keep going and lying and lying to cover up other lies. And it's just incredible. Um, but speaking of Trump, uh, Colorado is suing to bar Trump from the 2024 ballot. Yeah. So former President Donald Trump, uh, last Friday, he has filed a, uh, a countersuit to uh, block the lawsuit filed earlier uh, last week by uh, a Washington-based ad- advocacy group, um, and they're called Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. They're attempting to use the 14th Amendment to, to derail Trump's uh, 2024 uh, campaign. I was interested in the, the history behind the 14th Amendment. And just to wrap this up pretty quick, um, a post-Civil War provision of the 14th Amendment says... Any American official who takes an oath to uphold the U.S. Constitution is disqualified from holding any future office if they engaged in insurrection or rebellion, or if they have given aid or comfort to insurrectionists. So Trump is attempting to also move this uh, lawsuit into federal court because the advocacy group who initially filed the lawsuit has done it with a state judge. One of the problems, though, is that the Constitution does, doesn't spell out how to enforce this ban, and uh, it's only actually been applied a few times since the late 1800s uh, when it was used against former Confederates. The lawsuit by the ad- advocacy group is asking a state judge in Colorado to issue an order, quote, declaring Trump disqualified under the 14th Amendment. and. They also want to bar Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold from taking any action that would allow him to access the ballot, including the GOP primary in March. And as I mentioned earlier, the general election in November 2024. Wow. And as as you know, and our listeners know, uh, Trump has denied any wrongdoing. Uh, of course he has. Regarding the insurrection in January of 2021. Of course so. he has. He's perfect. <laughs> he never does anything wrong. Come on, Ricky. Wow. Incredible. A few other sort of national news. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is running for Congress again uh, next year. Uh, good for her. 
would definitely need people like her to stay in Congress. And, uh, you know, Danny Masterson, the actor, uh, was just sentenced to 30 years to life for two rapes that he was convicted for. And I'm just wondering what you think of that. The guy made his own bed. You know, the way he conducted himself with these women, uh, it's horrible, it's tragic. And the prosecutors, they laid out a case. He was convicted and he deserves this. Uh, he's, I just love that. Are... I just love that that his celebrity didn't get him off easy and that these women who will forever be traumatized by what happened at least can rest knowing that the justice was served uh, regardless of someone's uh, celebrity or the sort of the power behind him you know him being a scientologist and you know scientology was sort of uh, spinning this uh, in a different way so that that really makes me happy that justice was served uh, i'm going to have decided to do a let's get blunt about the rock band Imagine Dragons and uh, Dan Reynolds. Let's get blunt. Let's get blunt. Let's get blunt. So let's get blunt. I had been a fan of Imagine Dragons, specifically the lead singer Dan Reynolds for many years because uh, of his record on human rights and how he's championed human rights. Uh, especially LGBTQ rights. Um, you know, Dan is a sort of a Mormon, uh, born and raised in Utah. And, you know, he decided that, uh, you know, he's going to use his platform and his voice to bring attention to homophobia, transphobia. And uh, he started a, an annual festival um, for LGBTQ uh, to benefit different causes. And he's been a, you know, an incredible champion for that. And I actually interviewed Dan, I think like three or four years ago about his work and such. But then all of a sudden they decide, Imagine Dragons decides they're going to uh, perform in Azerbaijan. And if you are not aware of what's happening, Azerbaijan right now is committing genocide against the Armenians of Artsakh, also known as the Garno Karabagh. Right now, as we speak, for the last eight plus months, uh, they have blocked the only road from the Republic of Artsakh uh, that connects it to Armenia and the rest of the world. They've blocked it, uh, not allowing any food or medical supplies or anything to go in, hence uh, starving 120,000 people, 30,000 of them children. Uh, we've had two confirmed deaths from um, uh, starvation already. Uh, many international uh, bodies, groups, agencies, and experts have called this genocide, including uh, Luis uh, Marino Campo, who's a former International Criminal Court prosecutor, uh, Lemkin Institute for Genocide Prevention, uh, Genocide Watch, uh, and many others have called what's happening in Artsakh genocide uh, perpetrated by Azerbaijan. And yet, Imagine Dragons just did a concert there. And uh, not surprisingly, the Azerbaijan's uh, propaganda government is using all of that to their advantage. Uh, and I think that's just really unfortunate. I've lost 
uh, all respect for uh, Imagine Dragons and Dan Reynolds. People, uh, other, you know, high-profile people have written to Dan uh, asking him to reconsider, or they, they did. Now it's too late. Uh, but he didn't, and he, he went along with this with this uh, concert, which uh, whitewashes uh, the crimes against humanity that are that are perpetrated against uh, Armenians and Artsakh to this day. I mean, this is an ongoing thing. So, you know, uh, it's it's true, it's sad, um, but uh, we've got to get blunt. And sometimes people that you admire. Um, let you down so there it is yeah vic and you were mentioning before the show one of the artists uh musician celebrity that reached out to to dan was a uh, serge tonkian from system of a down Correct. Um, and a lot of our kpfk listeners may not know that serge tonkian and tom morello used to do a show on kpfk called axis of justice so i just <laughs> quick shout out to serge uh he's always been a Big friend of KPFK. Anyways, thank you for that, Vic. Uh, before we take a break, Vic, we have an interview coming up. Um, you have an interview coming up. Uh, can you tease it a little bit? Yeah. Share a little bit about what the listeners have to look forward to? Yeah. So I, as I was saying about what's happening in Artsakh, an ongoing genocide uh, by Azerbaijan, uh, there's this organization that I've uh, I've just been watching in awe their work is incredible. It's called the Center for Truth and Justice. Uh, they are uh, groups of attorneys that are documenting this as it happens and interviewing victims and survivors. Uh, and uh, I'm interviewing uh, Arsina Arakel, who's an attorney and a founding board member of Center for Truth and Justice, about the work that they do, what it takes to do this work, uh, and such, and uh, uh, it's it's a it's a fascinating interview. Um, they really truly do what I call God's work, considering what's happening in Artsakh, with uh, most of the world still in deafening silence. Awesome! So everyone, stick around for that interview. It's coming up next, right after this break. The Blunt Post with Vic. This is Ed Begley Jr., and you're listening to KPFK 90.7 FM Los Angeles, 98.7 FM Santa Barbara, and worldwide at kpfk.org. There's a lot to be thankful for. If you're thankful for the old family vehicle, you can let it help one more time by donating it to the KPFK Vehicle Donation Program. Proceeds will help KPFK continue the quality programming you depend on throughout the year. The vehicle donation number is 877-KPFK-AUTO. That's 877-573-5288. Our representative will take care of everything. That number again is 877-KPFK-AUTO. Or donate online at kpfk.org. Become a member of KPFK today at kpfk.org. kpfk.org. Under the Support KPFK banner. This is Stanley Clark 
Free Speech Radio can't survive without your generous support. Become a KPFK sustaining member now by pledging $1 a day at kpfk.org. Become a sustaining member. Your donation is tax deductible and membership has its privileges. I am a member, so join me, Stanley Clark, in keeping independent radio alive. Donate to KPFK at kpfk.org and do it today. Smith, and you're listening to Fiercely Independent Pacifica Radio, KPFK 90.7 FM. People have the power. The Blunt Post with Vic. Arsina Arakel is an attorney and a founding board member of the Center for Truth and Justice, a 501c3 nonprofit organization established in November 2020 in response to Azerbaijan's invasion of Artsakh, formerly known as Nagorno-Karabakh. The Center for Truth and Justice is a group of lawyers overseeing the collection of firsthand testimonial evidence from survivors via in-depth recorded interviews. By being a permanent home for the testimonials, Center for Truth and Justice serves as a resource to academic and legal practitioners who seek to use the evidence for purposes of education and or legal action. Good morning, Arsenet. Thank you for being on The Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? Thank you so much, Vic. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure. I've... Uh, you know, this is my first time interviewing someone from the Center for uh, Truth and Justice, and that's a that's a treat because I've been a, a fan of uh, the organization, your work. Um, there's so much to talk about. So much has happened just recently uh, and, and continues to. I'm just going to give you like a short synopsis, uh, if you will, uh, for listeners so that they know what we're going to be talking about. And then you can give us sort of the, the more detailed description of the organization a lot of people have been uh, hearing me talk about uh, the Republic of Artsakh, uh, Azerbaijan's invasion of the Republic of Artsakh in 2020 with help from Turkey when they occupied 90% of it, massacred over 5,000 Armenians in 44 days. And uh, consequently, uh, since December 12th of last year, which has been over eight months, uh, Azerbaijan has blocked the Lachin Corridor, which is the only road leading from Artsakh, uh, formerly known as Nagorno-Karabakh, to Armenia and the rest of the world, hence starving 120,000 Armenians, uh, including 30,000 children, uh, for the last over eight months. Uh, among, uh, at least we have two, we, we have two confirmed deaths from starvation, essentially, uh, you know, malnutrition, and uh, it's it's a very dire situation. Two world experts uh, have recently issued reports calling it genocide. And so 
coming to the Center of Truth and Justice for the last three years, the Center for Truth and Justice is made up of teams of attorneys uh, here in uh, in LA, Orange County, as well as Armenia, Artsakh, who are documenting these atrocities, these crimes against humanities, and they're interviewing people and they're putting all this on paper. Uh, they're doing this incredible work pro bono. And uh, Arsene is one of the founding uh, members. You know, she's on the board, executive board. And so Arsene, I hope I did a, I did a fair job of describing what you do. Now I'll, I'll let you sort of take from there. Well, thank you so much. Yes, that's uh, that's a pretty great brief summary. Uh, we appreciate your support and the level of involvement and your depth of knowledge and providing a platform for others to find out really what's going on that isn't shared enough in the Western media. So a little bit about myself specifically, I'm a attorney, um, but I joined CFTJ at the onset in 2020 because of what we were witnessing as a result of Azerbaijan's attack and heinous crimes against innocent civilians, elderly, beheadings, mutilations, and we couldn't just sit idly by. So CFTJ formed, in essence, because we needed to collect this evidence. Without evidence, how do you prove something happened? And in order to work from thousands of miles away, how do you collect evidence from Los Angeles or California? Uh, when the um, heinous crimes are being committed in this little pocket nestled in between Armenia and Azerbaijan. So we created clinics and brought on students, law students, trained them with the American standards of evidence to collect evidence on how to collect evidence so that it is admissible down the road. And tons of students, hundreds have graduated or has been certified through our clinics and those that excel we've hired. So in essence, you've invested in these students and they are now thriving and collecting evidence and training the next level of students that come in. While that's happening, uh, we take the evidence and we uh, have sent, for example, delegations of attorneys with our evidence and reports based on this evidence to Geneva to meet with the experts and the United Nations um, wrap of tours that are on torture and on starvation. We show them the evidence and the videos and the stories so they could see and get to experience firsthand the testimony of a victim and what their story was. Because, you know, when you read about these things, it just seems so remote and how can this be happening? But when you put a face to it or like a child and his father died or his grandparents were beheaded and he just wants to live in his home where he was raised for generations, his family has lived there, you know, their, their cemetery has the ancestors buried there and they're cut off from this because of the... A genocidal dictator's plans, Aliyev's plans, you then start to care. So this is all about capturing the evidence and getting the story to the experts, to the UN, um, and doing what we can for truth and justice, in essence, for accountability. That's incredible. That's uh, uh, that's uh, doing God's work, as they say. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we are at a point where we have to do this and it's almost it's almost unbelievable that uh you know i i keep saying the armenian genocide has has been resumed it's resumed by azerbaijan 
but with help from Turkey, the original perpetrator of the genocide. And once again, we're going through this. And once again, uh, everyone that said uh, never again is, uh, well, a lot of them are, are very silent right now. And that's the tragedy of all of this. I'm, I'm so impressed that you've had so many law students uh, go through the clinic, learn how to do this, and they're doing it. Some of them are working for you. I know that that work is very overwhelming because I had to do it while I was making my documentary. I looked at 43 hours worth of footage, and I also interviewed a lot of uh, survivors and uh, eyewitnesses and refugees from Artsakh. And uh, it's a lot of things that you don't, you know, you just kind of want to unsee that you That's guys right. are you're, you're doing it. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with attorney Arsena Arakev from the Center for Truth and Justice. And we are discussing uh, the organization's work in uh, recording and documenting Azerbaijan's crimes against humanity uh, in and during the ongoing uh, genocide that the Azerbaijan is perpetrating against uh, the indigenous Armenians of Artsakh, formerly known as Nagorno-Karabakh. Where are you at right now? Because there have been some positive developments with uh, Luis uh, Marino Campo, as well as Juan Mendez, who've, who've really come out strong and said uh, genocide is happening. Um, sort of uh, dissect that for us. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, what what we are seeing is when you collect evidence and you store it, nothing comes of it. And you can't just wait for to bring a case because the atrocities are happening right now. We don't have time to wait. We don't have time for the wheels of justice to stop the current atrocity. Right. We don't have an injunction, so to speak. What we do have is the ICJ's determination, and Azerbaijan is in violation of them. That's what happens when states with perpetrators like Aliyev go with impunity. They feel emboldened. They feel like the international laws do not apply to them and is incumbent on nation states that are democratic, the West, the United Nations, America, for all that it stands for, to speak up against these kinds of atrocities. Because what is the purpose and significance of these laws and these organizations if they're determining their judicial body decides that what is going on needs to stop and the state continues? It is then on the policymakers and the political officials to take a bolder stance and say, no, we stand by the laws that we instituted, the conventions that we created. There's a purpose for this because as we all know that saying, an injustice to one is an injustice to all. So if we don't stand up for Artsakh in 2020, what came after? Putin's emboldened to then act in Ukraine. If you can go and infringe on the space and in sovereign territories or on the people and not have any reaction, then uh, Aliyev set the roadmap for Putin to feel like he can do what he can do. And that's what we're seeing now. So while people might not know about Nagorno-Karabakh or Artsakh and might not understand its correlation to how does that affect, oh, 
you know, an average American who's sitting in Los Angeles or in San Francisco and they're enjoying their Starbucks. Well, at the end of the day, it comes back to policy, the United States security interests and all of that. It's all correlated. Why are we sending hundreds of millions to billions of dollars to Ukraine right now when we could have prevented the roadmap that led to potentially Ukraine? So you have to act and stand up for human rights. And so what we're we're seeing now is Luis Marin Ocampo, who was the former prosecutor of the International Criminal Court, has taken it upon himself on a pro bono basis to analyze the situation. And what he determined in his legal analysis is that the cutting off of the launching corridor, the only road, like you said, between Karabakh, Nagorno-Karabakh, or Artsakh to Armenia, the only road sustaining their food supplies for children and elderly. And you cut that off, and the ICJ has said they should not cut it off it needs to be open. Well, their intent in cutting it off is demonstrated. And what are you cutting off? You're putting their lives in danger. And that follows the international law that says, once you do that, that establishes genocide. You have genocide once that has happened. You don't need the other elements of genocide that we have seen in movies or in Darfur or in read about. You don't need to have a mass killings, which is another form of genocide. But what we have now is the cutoff and their lives are at risk. They're already starting to die. They're starving. So we have a genocide that has happened right now. And the continuation of it, the next phase will be another phase of genocide. And, you know, to your point, it's a continuation of the genocide. Absolutely. What, we, what we're seeing here is the same tactics that were used uh, about a hundred years ago or so is being implemented by Turks supporting the Azeris and committed against ethnic, ethnic Christian Armenians, starvation and wiping them off the map. And this is their roadmap and it's up to nation states to take action or else we're going to see that it's going to get even more devastating and difficult to watch. Thank you for that. That was very thorough. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with attorney Arsena Arakev from the Center for Truth and Justice. And we are discussing uh, the organization's work in uh, recording and documenting Azerbaijan's crimes against humanity uh, in and during the ongoing uh, genocide that the Azerbaijan is perpetrating against uh, the indigenous Armenians of Artsakh, formerly known as Nagorno-Karabakh. Let's talk about this. You were talking about International Court of Justice's ruling, as well as uh, laws that are in place by the European Union and United Nations, Council of Europe, etc., and how Aliyev has been basically violating all of them. We're not seeing much movement from the European Union, at least not from the top, when we have the co-presidents of European Union basically still placating Aliyev. UK is not doing anything. They have a lot of interest in Azerbaijani oil and gas and such. And at this past Wednesday's hearing about this, the Secretary of State or just the State Department altogether and Samantha Power were absent. 
and we're not really seeing much support. I mean, President Biden, who's talked a lot about Ukraine, hasn't said a word about Artsakh. So considering all of that, do you think we are, is there any light at the end of the tunnel? Are we seeing a light? Um, I think where there is a will, there is a way. Because as long as we um, go off into the night and are silent, the issue is not heard. And we don't spread awareness and demand there to be attention shed light on this. As United States citizens, I think we have a level of onerous responsibility to continue to speak up and demand that our government continue to pay attention, that we won't go away, that this issue isn't going away. The Center for Truth and Justice is committed to the evidence that supports the legal findings that are saying that there's a legitimate issue here that is of urgent need. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a light at the end of the tunnel because what we're seeing is experts speak up, support not only the stories and state that that is a violation, but demanding accountability from state actors because the law is on our side. The law says we deserve to live. They deserve to live. They have a right to live. They have a right to food. Your politics does not trump the right for them to eat. Your politics and your claim to land does not trump their right to life. And so there is no beating that. What that comes down to is, well, when the United, uh, the Human Rights Commission, the Tom Lantos Human Rights Commission on Wednesday held an emergency session to discuss this issue, there was no response. They were absent and there was no response to the invitation. Now, we can go into presuppositions or speculations as to what it means, but just as much as it means that they weren't present and in support or whatever, they also did not deny or reject or provide anything on record as to their absence. So it is still a blank slate. It means they are fully aware. They could have been there. They could have heard, asked questions, which could have led in one direction or another in negotiations. They may or may not be ready to put that into the public sphere. Their position was somewhat heard at the uh, United Nations General Security Council meeting that was held just about a week or two ago. And the United Nations state actors that spoke included European Union states, included the United States. And the overwhelming majority stood up for what's right. And it wasn't politics. It's the right for the people to live and to have the right to life. That cutting them off from food is not okay. And the so-called Agadam Road was a propaganda tactic that most of the nation states saw through. Right. It's it's akin to um, Hitler providing a supper in Auschwitz under the guise of being a benevolent. It is seen for what it is. It's not a real, actual humanitarian effort. And what we have seen through the Lachian Corridor, which is a road that's been closed, is the even the ICRC, the Red Cross, is not protected under international laws to safely take a patient who needs heart surgery from Barabakh, Nagorno-Barabakh over to Armenia. Yeah. Azerbaijan steps in, abducts 
and then commits God knows what heinous crimes, which we have evidence of in Azerbaijan. So when you're subjecting them to potential access of food from Agdam, God knows what would be coming through those doors. Yeah, and Azerbaijan is so good at uh, propaganda and lies and disinformation. They've spent uh, a tremendous amount of money. The whole Azerbaijan laundromat that was unraveled by OCCRP and Transparency International talks about the 2.9 billion euros that was spent to bribe world politicians, politicians, policymakers, media, stakeholders, etc. It's just, it's so big. You know, Azerbaijan has sort of, and they're so emboldened, as you said, that that they're able to do this and even block the Red Cross. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with attorney Arsena Arakev from the Center for Truth and Justice. And we are discussing uh, the organization's work in uh, recording and documenting Azerbaijan's crimes against humanity uh, in and during the ongoing uh, genocide that the Azerbaijan is perpetrating against uh, the indigenous Armenians of Artsakh, formerly known as Nagorno-Karabakh. I want to go back and talk about the Center for Truth and Justice, but I just want to make one point for our listeners is that, you know, if you think this is sort of too far off and doesn't apply to you, here's something to think about. Azerbaijan is the is the wealthiest nation in the South Caucasus due to their their fossil fuel and their oil and gas industries. And yet we have every year waived the Section 907 of the Freedom Act and have allowed, well, basically American tax, taxpayers have sent $100 million a year to Azerbaijan for their military aid, supposedly um, for uh, for them to secure their borders and other sort of uh, security issues, which is absurd because they have been importing terrorists, jihadists, ISIS, and mercenaries from Syria, Libya, Pakistan to massacre Armenians. And yet we're giving 100, 100 million a year of, of U.S. taxpayer money um, and just like that. Anyways, I want to go back to the center and how the Center for Truth and Justice has really become uh, really a pivotal organization in where we are with this, this ongoing genocide. And I'm, I, you know, about two and a half plus years ago, when I started doing my documentary, I called it genocide from the very beginning. I called it genocidal assault and ethnic cleansing. Uh, what happened in 2020, I wouldn't say it was a war or a, or a, a conflict, you know, and there were people who sort of were uncomfortable with it. And unfortunately, I was right. And this is exactly what's happening. You guys have done this incredible work. You've brought some of the biggest thinkers and prominent people, non-Armenian too, obviously, with you. And I mean, how did this happen? I mean, obviously, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication where the Center for Truth and Justice is. If we were Azeri, it would have been caviar. But we're not. We don't have caviar money and we don't need it. Because the truth is on our side. So we continue doing what we do, which I talked about earlier, and we do it relentlessly around the clock. And the reporting, the relationships, the sharing of the evidence, the information, the invitation to 
assess for themselves, to take the facts, to take the information and for them to apply their expertise because these are experts. You can't fool an expert. They know what it is. When they take a look at testimony, they look at propaganda, they look at a Twitter, they can see it for what it is. They have dealt with this. So you, you have to ask. Until you ask, you won't know. So we started asking experts to care, to look into the facts, to look into what we have gathered and invited them to the conferences to share, to discuss and deliberate to come up with ideas because even in the Tom Lantos hearing, sometimes there is a point at which international law can't help you. Prosecution is too slow. The wheels of justice are too slow. Luis Moreno Ocampo mentioned, if we were to go after the Magnitsky sanctions and we were to start prosecuting, by the time that happened, the genocide will be over and the bodies will be buried. We can't bring them back. We need something quick we need something now so when the experts come together they think of new ways and roadmaps because there is limitations unless you bring the brightest of minds together and intellectual people love to come up with strategies for new solutions to humanitarian crises and what we have is a crisis and it's not because i said so it's not because you said so it's because it is it literally is at the doorstep of azerbaijan and they can lift it open, but they shut it closed. And whether they want to call it an equal activist, now they have the Red Crescent. They can't keep to a consistent propaganda scheme to stick to their lies. Either they it, it, the road isn't closed and then it is closed, but it will be open. But it isn't. It's an inconsistency because they aren't sticking to the truth. And the truth is they are starving a people. Yeah. They poured from dogs to family members, to children are suffering. So we bring the truth to the experts and let the experts do what they're good at doing. Yeah. And uh, what, one one quick thing, sort of off topic, and then I want to talk about your big event coming up, is, I don't know if you uh, follow uh, Lindsay Snell, the jur journalist on Twitter. Yes. You know, she's, she's incredible, the way she's able to um, find so much dirt. <laughs> On, on Azerbaijan, it's it's brilliant. But She's you have fantastic. To, yeah, she is. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with attorney Arsina Arakev from the Center for Truth and Justice. And we are discussing uh, the organization's work in uh, recording and documenting Azerbaijan's crimes against humanity uh, in and during the ongoing uh, genocide that the Azerbaijan is perpetrating against uh, the indigenous Armenians of Artsakh, formerly known as Nagorno-Karabakh. You have this big event coming up on October 13th in, in Los Angeles, and anyone who, who can go, please, it's it's just a really incredible opportunity to, to be in the presence of your team, all these lawyers, all these humanitarian lawyers, doing this work pro bono, but as well as several notable uh, distinguished guests like uh, Garo Pailan, who is the the lone Armenian uh, member of the Turkish parliament, this guy who has been sort of a warrior, if you will, in the Turkish parliament. He's there to bring up the Armenian genocide. 
and such. So he's going to be at your event. And of course, um, Luis uh, Marino Campo is also attending. So what a treat. So let's talk about that. Yeah, we are very, very thrilled and honored to um, have Garo Pailan joining us. And this is this is a wonderful moment for us because he is a true warrior, a hero. He speaks up for the minorities in Turkey, the Kurds and the Armenians. Um, he faces and continues to face so much hatred and targeting over there for that. It takes a true strong individual to continue doing what he does. So it is phenomenal that we're going to have them. He's a hero for so many. So um, what better than to have him as our guest amongst the CFTJ warriors? Um, we're, we're excited to hear him speak. Um, and Luis Moreno Ocampo, I mean, he is uh, the man of the year, so to speak, at this point. He is so powerful. I, I encourage everyone to go watch the hearing, the Tom Lantos hearing, because if you didn't understand it, you don't have to get into the weeds of international law or politics. It's a human issue. It's a simple issue. And he does such a great job of bringing it down to the simple necessities of urgent action now. And you will fall in love with wanting to take action. He will evoke this passion in you that you didn't even know you had maybe towards Armenians in Artsakh or Nagorno-Karabakh. So yeah, we have this gala and it's an event. It's a fundraising event. We're not excited to have it. We need it because it's how we fund what we do. Um, it's a necessity. Um, so activism uh, it, isn't free. And right. We we're pro bono, but believe it or not, it takes money to fly overseas and go to Geneva and meet with these experts. And so yeah, we invite people to take a look at our website, the center. It's cftjustice.org, and you'll have um, the link to donations or becoming a sponsor or purchasing tickets we invite anyone who is interested to find out more to contact us and we can give you more information yeah so that's uh cftjustice.org and the gala is in la it's in hollywood uh, if you go to their website you will get more information arsena is there a question i should have asked that i missed or is there something you'd like to add before we go I think you did a really good job. You know so much. You've done so much yourself. And we're so thankful to be working alongside with you and you giving us a platform on your um, on your show. And uh, we continue to look forward to working with each other. I, I, I hope that members who are listening in are compelled and interested and reach out. We really do appreciate from non-Armenians to Armenians. We work with other ethnic groups that are going through similar situations and our training techniques are being taught to them so they can capture evidence and document it and seek truth and justice on their own terms as well. So it goes a long way when you have a, an organization that's truly devoted to human rights work. Absolutely. I interviewed uh, last week, I interviewed the executive director of Free Yazdi Foundation and, you know, they went through the Yazdi genocide uh, in the hands of ISIS in, in 2014. So there's a lot of shared trauma and intersectionality uh, amongst peoples of the world who unfortunately right. go through these type of uh, crimes against humanity. Uh, Arsene, thank you for uh, being on the show. 
I'm sure we'll talk again. Good luck to you. Thank you so much, Vic John. I thank you really from the bottom of our heart. CFCJ thanks you for all your support as well. Uh, likewise. All right. Thank you. Bye. Well, Arsene, thank you very much for uh, being on the show this morning. Appreciate your time and all the work that you do. Uh, I hope to uh, chat with you again soon. Before we go, I want to thank my extremely talented producer, Ricky Herrera. And uh, of course, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Blunt Post with Vic. Please tune in next Monday. For more information, you can visit the Blunt Post with Vic.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami. Uh, both Instagram and Twitter, my handle is at Vic Jarami. That's V I C G E R A M I. The Blunt Post with Vic.